Hi, and welcome back to the Expired Podcast by Macy Bookout and Natalie Gard. This week's episode is on Knoxville teen Emma Walker. Here goes nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Listener discretion advised because I'm going to cuss over my pencil breaking and my (laughs) paper ripping. If you were a pen girl like me. I'm too. It's got to be straight and solid. Like there are so many lines when we were just like getting to the end of it that are like crooked and I'm like, but I was over it. Would it like bother you if I like? Very much. So, you know, when I was having to like flatten it out, I was like, oh my God, this is the worst thing. Even your scribbles are like well kept. Oh yeah. (laughs) I can't, I can't do it. I don't know. Oh, I know it's a, it's a me problem. It's a me problem. Uh, you're the problem. It's you. I am the problem. <laughs> I, I'm okay with being the problem. That's okay. I'm used to it. You know. Yeah. Everyday life. <laughs> so this case is yes. Viewer discretion is advised if um if uh, like emotional distress bothers you um just like teenage drama controlness yeah manipulation um anger just toxicity yeah um this especially for young adults or actually not even adults really teenagers yeah um yeah that's a lot about the case we're covering today so um probably listen to it before you listen to it while like if you're driving or something and your kids are in the car or you have teenage children um i would advise listening to this well anytime listening to our podcast before you let your kids listen to it with you yeah um okay sorry taylor's texting me I gotta text him back so he doesn't think something's wrong. So, so he doesn't think someone murdered you? Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna go over the victim. We're gonna go over the perpetrator. We're gonna go over the timeline, like how they met, um, their story, any red flags we've seen, um, the facts and the evidence of what happened. And of course, we're gonna highlight the foundations that have been set up in the victim's honor. So we're talking about. 16-year-old Emma Walker of Knoxville, Tennessee. It's just crazy when you say 16-year-old. I know. 16. Baby. I know. And this crime happened in 2016 as well. Um, Emma was typical freshman girl at her high school. She Mm -hmm. was um, on the cheerleading team, and she was actually... Like, the only freshman that made the team. Uh So, she was a competitive um, dancer and cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was cool. Like, when she tried out, like, you could tell her parents were, like, so proud when they were talking about it. Because she was the only freshman to make the cheerleading squad for the high school. So, and that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah. Anyone would be proud of that. Oh, yeah. So, that that's really cool. She did a lot of volunteer work, but, like, regularly volunteered at the local animal shelter in her town. And... Truth be told, I feel like any kid or any, especially a teenager that spends any of their free time doing something like that Mm -hmm. is, I think it speaks volumes to how special she was. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And all of her friends said that too. Yes. She was very popular, fun loving, could do the worm. Yeah, she could do the worm. <laughs> I loved that. I know. That they had to point. She must have been really good at it. Yeah. It must have been like her signature thing. Yeah. Um, super sweet though, super friendly, had a huge heart. Um, kind of like f- the person that was friends with everybody and not 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 in like a fake sense, like mm-hmm. in a very genuine, genuine way. Um and she wanted to be a nurse mm-hmm. and not just a nurse, a neonatal nurse. And they, so my aunt is a NICU nurse. And I say all the time, I'm like, if anyone comes into this world having to fight battles, mm-hmm. like those NICU nurses, the neonatal nurse, like those are the people you want starting that battle with you, every mm-hmm. battle. Like, and at that age to think and to dream of doing that job yeah. like that's such a it requires so much of you and is a difficult but very important role so to be 16 knowing that that's what she wants to do i think i don't know she was definitely a Driven. special person mm-hmm. yeah just caring like yes. she cared for animals she cared for babies and people she and cared friends, for friends family yes just, very selfless yeah and just loved to cheer and was proud of herself for being on the varsity cheerleading team at Central High School. Go Bobcats. Yeah. So. Uh, and beautiful, too. Oh, my gosh. So pretty. So pretty. Naturally, yeah. just. Yeah. Stunning. Stunning. Um, but people also said that, but inside and out, like as pretty mm-hmm. as she was on the outside, she was that pretty on the inside. Mm-hmm. So everyone that knew her was super lucky to know her mm-hmm. because she is very special. Yeah. Um, her boyfriend, Riley, is Riley Gall. Mm-hmm. He's a junior when she is a freshman in high school at the same school. He is a star football player. Um, he's She's 14 at this time. He's 16. And he's kind of described as like, even though he was like a jock, like a football player, he... Mm-hmm. A lot of his friends say he's kind of nerdy, mm-hmm. and I know he really enjoyed, if he wasn't playing football, he enjoyed video games. Kind of um, shy and introverted. Yeah, like he wasn't. himself. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people said he was a very polite kid, mm-hmm. um, and by no means, I don't think, mean or like a troublemaker, really, right. by any means, um, but very to himself. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, when she starts high school, she's a cheerleader. He's a football player. Um, they start dating. And, you know, for the first couple of months, it's just a normal, you know. High school relationship. Yeah. In love and lust and, you know. Posting on heels. Facebook yes. and pictures and Snapchat. Super cute. Super, I don't know, like your textbook, fairy tale. Cheerleader. Re- yeah. yeah just, just normal you know movie relationship mm-hmm. um and you know i think for the most part for the first few months like it was they were just very much in love but i know her parents did make a point to say like they they didn't really go on like actual dates because she wasn't allowed to yet which is totally understandable mm-hmm. um but they would like hang out at each other's house with final yeah. supervision they'd come over for dinner they like would, group things yeah. that go out to eat after football games yep and i mean that's what i would do with my exactly high boyfriend, same so. for me like when i was a freshman mm-hmm. I, w- I most definitely was not allowed to just get in a car with him and 
go to dinner or something. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so yeah, just typical relationship. And, and her parents didn't, I mean, I'd say on both sides, his parents and her parents, like they didn't dislike him. His parents didn't dislike her. They're just normal kids mm-hmm. being kids. Um, and then I'd say probably two, three months after they started dating, it's kind of when, when I guess the, the butterflies went away and the toxicity of a high school relationship also mm-hmm. kind of started showing itself as in, you know, just jealousy on and off dramatic. Yeah. He would like just be controlling of her. Like, I want you all to myself. I don't want you to be with, you know, this person. I don't want you to hang out with this person. I want you to wear this or that. Yeah. Telling her what to wear. And if she, I guess like being, if she was going to do something, he wouldn't want her wearing this or just almost just like an attempt to actually control everything. Yeah. I mean, he would like sit outside her work, wait for her, like, like wait for her to get off work and wait for hours. Hours. Just sitting there. Like, it's just too much. So I know we talked about this, but when I was a freshman in high school, I was dating a junior and he, this guy reminds me so much of my boyfriend. Oh my God. Like it was bad. Like my parents had to go to the school and everything. Yeah. Like after, like he was not supposed to call, text, nothing. He would show up at the softball field, wait till softball practice was over. Like, and I would have to sit in the dugout until my mom got there to pick me up. Showed up at my house one time during the summer with, a movie and like chocolate ice cream because he knew that was my favorite. And like my dad literally had to tell him to like get off our property. Like yeah. crazy would follow me from class to class. Like this reminds me so much of that it actually kind of scares, scares me. Yeah. Cause my mom has told me since I've grown up, she's like, no, like maybe you kind of forgot how crazy he was, but like me and your dad were like really worried about, like, he was very obsessed. Yeah. And I was like, no, he, like, I know he was, but I guess as a kid, I was just like. You don't think about. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm a grown up, like, listening to the story and stuff, I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like we say it every week. It can happen to anybody. It can. Like. It can. Uh, okay. Yes. So, <laughs> they get, they're, they're in this relationship, and, and it gets kind of rocky. They date for about two years, and it's kind of on and off. Yeah, Um, I think, and besides, like, just your typical, like, jealousy and, like, trying to be controlling and and dramatic things, some of the red flags, like, at this point that were really sticking out to me were just the hateful, mean texts that he would send her or, like, Snapchats or whatever Mm -hmm. and saying stuff like, you know, your name's going to be in an obituary and just like kind of like the stalking mm-hmm. stuff like that that's not normal high school behavior yeah like that's not normal behavior Period. ever yeah and his quick his ability to like go off on those things and then apologize yeah. and charm yeah turn the charm back on that that those were super red flags for me yeah. um but at this point he's in college now yeah so um this all happened in the fall of 2016. Uh, Emma's now a junior, and 
he has gone to a local college, Maryville College. Um, I think he plays football there. Yeah, he's a standout football player. Yeah, and so um, you know they're kind of moving in different directions Mm -hmm. because they're not going to school together anymore, and um, it just hurts their relationship even more. Yeah, and I think she's kind of growing up and is like just kind of over it. Yeah, just fighting all the time drains you, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. breaking up on off. Just it's exhausting. I think she was just like, I just want to live my life yeah and not have to worry about this anymore yeah. and at this point too her friends and family were not big fans of it yeah at it, all her parents were really concerned when mm-hmm. um just his weird behavior uh the text being, things he would say yeah, yeah things he would say um so her parents are have their radar radar on um and so after two years they broke up and He's in college, so he is experimenting with uh, prescription drugs and alcohol, yep. which just adds so much fuel to the fire. Definitely. When you're going through, you know, the end stages of puberty, going to college, playing football, you have a toxic relationship. Yeah. I think, and you're adding all this. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, I could definitely see some mental health things going on mm-hmm. that we can kind of touch on later but um alcohol and pills are most definitely they're they're not a good idea ever ever um so he starts doing like all these erratic things um his friends noticed that he was just acting weird he would anytime that he wouldn't get his way he would turn and say suicidal thoughts yeah or say he's or even attempt suicide um and that's one of the things for me that's like there's definitely some sort of underlying mental health mm-hmm. um, disorder going on that has either not shown up until this point and the drugs and alcohol and stuff definitely didn't help. Or I hate to say it, but even just four or five years ago, like the stigmas around mental health, like his parents or friends could have seen signs of this even earlier, but mm-hmm. it was very much like, you don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, you're an athlete and you're a football player, so you can't have this wrong with you, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So it could be, it could have been ignored. Um, I don't feel like education or just people talking about mental health, like he might not have even known. Yeah. That stuff was going on. Yeah. But- and usually that's the age where it comes out in men. A hundred percent. Yeah, right at that. Yeah, right at that, that age. Just hormones, everything. Mm-hmm. So he's acting weird, bizarre, bizarre. Um, Riley and Emma have broken up, but he's like constantly trying to get her back. Yes, constantly calling her, constantly texting her, showing up at her house, showing up at, at her, her work. Yes, just like doing too much, way too much. Yeah, and so he. <clears throat> he is doing all this stuff, and while this is happening, Emma um, gets some weird text. Um, she was, like, hanging out with some friends, and she's getting all these weird texts, like, if you don't come outside right now, one of your loved ones is going to get hurt. Just weird, like, mm-hmm. from a random number. Um, so she and one of her guy friends, like, go outside just to see like Like if something's going on if someone's out there what like what is happening and lo and behold 
Riley is laying face down in her ditch outside of her house. Mm-hmm. Randomly. Just laying. Yeah. There. And I can only imagine that it's because she had a friend at her house. You know? Yeah. Like, he knew that. And said friend is a boy. Mm-hmm. So, again, just like attention-seeking, scary, like fueled with fear type yeah. of thing. Like, I want to scare her. Yeah. I want I want to startle her position. I want her to care about me, but yeah. does it in like the worst way. The worst way. So, so they ask him, like, what are you doing here? Like, she was kind of freaked. I mean, obviously freaked out about this. Like, yeah. why are you here? What, why are you laying in the ditch? And he said, I was kidnapped. They mm-hmm. s- took my car and they just dropped me off here. Yeah. None of that has ever been proven. Um, but it has been proven. He was trying to scare her. Yes. So. It was just weird. At this point, now I'm just going to say it. He faked his own kidnapping. Yeah. And just happened to be dropped off in the ditch in front of her house. I don't think it makes no sense. I mean, I get it because you're just much. trying to get attention, but yep, I don't. That's just weird. So weird. So the next morning, obviously, she's like weirded out. You know, kind of on eggshells a little bit, like not really knowing what's going on because she had got all those weird texts and right. And eggs- at this point, like. People really think he was, like, kidnapped. Yeah. Um, no, he was like, don't call the police. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. He just had his friend Noah come pick him up or something. Mm-hmm. It was just... Even his so friend... weird. Even his friend at, at some point says, like, but that was kind of what he would do. Like, when yeah. things didn't go his way, he would go to the extreme of saying he's going to kill himself, attempting to kill himself. Faking a kidnapping, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, he just got to a point where, like, that was the extreme he went to. There was no in-between. Yeah. Um, so something clearly is is up mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, mentally and just in his behavior. So that all happens. You know, he, Riley gets picked up. The friend leaves mm-hmm. Emma's house. You know, she goes to bed. The next day was Saturday, and she was supposed to go and meet her mom for lunch. They were going to go do some stuff. And in the morning hours, um, she is at home alone, and she hears all this banging on her door and windows at her house. Mm-hmm. And she notices it's uh, someone dressed in all black, all black. and just just banging, banging, bang, and she thinks someone's trying to break in. Like kind of just like going down the whole house. Like, yeah. Banging on this and this and this and this. But like that's kind of it though. Yeah, like not trying Nothing to break else. in, yeah. but like that would freak me out. Like I would think that too. Yeah. That someone's for sure. trying to get into you. And she's by herself at home mm-hmm. right now when that is going on. Yeah. So she's like calling her friends. She's, you know, freaking out, telling people what's happening. She calls Riley and she, is like, I need your help. Yeah, Someone's here. Get over here. Um, all the things. So mm-hmm. obviously minutes later shows up in the nick of time. And so the, all while this is happening, um, uh, Emma's mom, Jill 
they were supposed to meet. And so she was like, this is weird. We were supposed to meet. I'm just going to, my intuition is telling me I need to go home. So she starts racing home and is trying to get in touch with him as well. And she pulls in the driveway and she sees Riley's car, Mm -hmm. even though he was He's not allowed to be there. Yes, he was not supposed to be there. And he knew. Yes. And and Emma knew. They both knew he was not supposed to be there. But I think in Emma's mind. She was scared. And truth be told, if how this story plays out. And someone really was trying to break in. I don't think her parents would have minded that he showed right. up for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at that point, th- they got bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. And it's like good on you for showing up to help her. Right. So, but he knew he was not supposed to be there. Right. And so, um, you know, she pulls in and is like, you got to go mm-hmm. Saturday. Um they spend the day kind of just calming her down, trying to you just, it's okay. We're going to figure out, like, what's, what happened, what's going on, yeah. who that was, mm-hmm. figure out if there were any, like, break-ins near th- their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll ask the neighborhood if they have security cameras and stuff like that. And they, their neighbors did. Yeah. And they have, they show, the neighbor's security camera shows, some, I mean, it appears to be a man or, like, a young man build wise in all black walking kind of like away from her house Mm -hmm. to a vehicle um that actually is the exact make and model of riley's vehicle Mm -hmm. um but besides that like you can't see their face or anything like that but it does confirm that there was someone dressed in all black banging on the doors and windows Mm -hmm. so and in the area Mm -hmm. so saturday um she's you know calming down a little more sunday she gets up and she's going to work she's still you know scared and shaken up so um her parents actually take her to work drop her off and they actually come back and get her and pick her up from work i would imagine she was actually not excited but like it was good for her to go to work yeah get her out of the house yeah like be away from it for a second yeah to get her mind off of it yeah just to yeah just to like get some normalcy again yep so she gets off work it's you know sunday she's texting her friends about homework you know procrastinating that homework they went and got ice cream yeah they went and got ice cream took just like a normal sunday yeah a normal sunday and then it's like oh shoot monday Mm -hmm. we got homework yeah (laughs) we've all been there yeah we all have yep so, um, Sunday night, you know, she's texting with her friends. Uh, she tells her parents goodnight and she goes to bed around midnight and uh, yeah, then her mom. Yeah. Um, Monday morning. So her mom mentions that pretty much like every morning she would just go basically open her door, knock on her door and be like, Hey, I know time to get up. And she's. She says, like, she was never very hard to wake up. It's, yeah. Um, I was like that. My parent, my dad could yell from downstairs, Natalie, it's time to get up. And you're like, oh. And I was up, ready to go. That's, so that's funny, too. Okay, side note, but, like, my whole life, like, me and my brother had our own alarm clocks, and we had to get our cell phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would had to do that. Yeah. I would always get myself up, but he would always be If like, it was like, are you ready? Yeah. Like even, and it was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I got mm-hmm. better. Get ready. It's not like that now. No. I can sleep through. Same. 
anything. Same. It's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary. Yeah. So, um, the next morning, it's Monday morning, you know, Jill is getting ready to go to work, getting her daughter up for for school. It's 6 a.m. And she says she, like, calls to her a couple times and, like, she didn't move. Still, like, nothing. Like, she didn't even acknowledge, like, her mom opening the door and being like, hey, I'm going to get up. Mm-hmm. You know, got to get up and get ready. And on an everyday basis, like, she would, like, raise up or roll over. Yeah, you know, just say something. Stuff, mm-hmm. Acknowledge it and get up and get ready. And nothing happened. And so her mom goes over to the bed and checks, like, sees that she's in the bed and, like, tries to shake her. And she's, like, not moving. Not responsive not at all. at all. And so then she checks for a pulse and she doesn't have one. So her mom obviously calls 911. I just tried to wake up my daughter for school and she has no pulse. You said that she's non-responsive? Yeah. And... The 911 call is mm. heart wrenching. Mm. I cannot just imagine. Like, ran like, could you? Yeah, I, I could, could not, not imagine. imagine just like going to bed one you weekend have, and yeah, then yeah, you have like I can only think like your 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 the blood. You would leave your dra- body. Yeah, like, I think the blood would drain from my face, and you would feel faint and start sweating, and just the emotions would overpower you. So she calls 911, and you can definitely hear you know, her emotions in that 911 call. Mm. So at first, when police got there, they thought it was a suicide. Yeah, I think 911 had dispatched, obviously, but kind of wrote it thinking suicide. Right. Um, Because at this point, all that her mom knew was that she was unresponsive. Um, And then obviously they asked her age, you know, mm-hmm. all the things. So I do find it interesting that they said suicide mm-hmm. immediately. Like, I could see that because sometimes uh, suicide just makes it easier, like open shut. Well, I just meant from the standpoint of like 911, like oh. calling dispatch and that being what they send in the report because when the officers showed up, that's what they had been, that's what was on it was mm-hmm. like, Go to this address, uh, you know, 16-year-old. Yeah, I wonder where su- suicide, suicide came from. Yeah, because like, if I was a 911 operator, which I'm obviously not, I would be like, there's an unresponsive person. Right. A, like, ki- a child. Yeah. Like, I will, yeah. no pulse get there now. But yeah. I just, to me... To me, it just seemed there, her, her mom, like no one, there was nothing about what had happened. It was just, I tried to get my daughter up for school. She's unresponsive. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they asked questions like, does she have a pulse? Did you try this? How old is she? Blah, blah, blah. When did you last see her or talk to her? Yeah. Was she okay then? Yeah. Like what? What has been happening? Nothing from that call because we listened to it. Nothing to me warrants suicide. suicide so that could have been a miscommunication on someone's part but regardless at first it was labeled a suicide. suicide but as soon as police were there to investigate it was automatically switched to a homicide yes um investigators find they notice a hole in the wall and upon 
further investigation looking at it, the detectives and investigators are like, that's a bullet hole. And then they find another bullet hole. Mm-hmm. And then that, I feel like after that is when they discovered that she did have a gunshot wound to her head. Right. So, and I think because it, it was like, it was behind her like ear right here and Mm -hmm. in her hair that when you would just look at her, you might like, you couldn't really see it. Mm -hmm. Um, But after seeing the bullet holes in the walls, there was a gunshot wound to her head behind her ear, and then there was um, a bullet hole that went, like, under her, her pillow, pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, through her bed. But this was too – so, like, if this is the corner of a wall, her bed was up against both corners. Yeah. And a bullet came through on one side of the wall and, and on, on the, the other. other side of the wall. Yeah. Which – Like, effort. Yeah. Effort was made to put two separate bullet holes into the walls – Plus the fact that the the side of her bed where the the kill the shot that killed her, you have to go outside of a gate and around the house to get to the other yeah, side. Yeah, like a so, whole maze mm-hmm. just to get there. Yeah, so a lot of effort was put into putting making two- sure these shots went where her bed what? was, yeah. with giving an angle. Mm-hmm. To where she would be on the bed on either side. Yeah, and they would they would have met if the pillow hadn't have been there. Yeah, and have and stopped it. Mm-hmm. So police are investigating. You know, as, talking to Emma's friends and family. You know, they're talking about the weird man in black the day before the stalking the man. Yep, the um, just all the weird stuff was, that was happening, and it all obviously pointed to Riley Gall. Yeah, and I think still at this point, um, I think friends and family really thought that it was this person who was stalking or like had tried to break in and was outside the house or any when she was alone. So I'm I'm sure in the back of their mind they were thinking Riley, but I think investigators and detectives thought that it was him immediately mm-hmm. and not that it was just him that murdered her or did the shooting but that he was also the one that was the person in all black yeah terrorizing her. um and a lot of that had to do too not just with their relationship and like them breaking up and just different things they had heard from friends and family but um his behavior yeah the stuff he was posting like he was posting a lot on social media and like how much he loved her bible verses and just and investigators and even reporters commented like it was like he had lost someone like the love of his life like he had been married to her for 50 years Mm -hmm. just kind of obsessive yeah posting yeah again doing too much doing too much way too much so um can i can i so i have a little star this is one of those like if i had been up here i would have made a new piece of paper you mm -hmm. know because i'm weird Mm mm-hmm you told me this. I found this to be so odd. And I'm sorry, this is way off track. When she started high school and he was a junior, mm-hmm. he was dating someone else. Mm-hmm. They broke up. A little while later, him and Emma started dating. Fast forward to the end of the year prom. Him and Emma are dating, but he does not take her to prom. He mm-hmm. takes his ex-girlfriend to prom. Yeah, he promised to take her to prom junior year and 
save Emma for a senior year prom. That is so weird. Like, why? Red flag. Yeah. Red flag. Like, and I, that I, was just it. Once we talked about that, I wrote it down. And yeah. I was like, huh? Yeah. No, that's super weird. It's okay. really weird. Sorry. Back back on track. <laughs> <laughs> so, Saturday um, before Riley. Uh, the Saturday before um, Emma was killed, so the day before, um, he rightly told his friends that he had taken his grandfather's gun for protection because he was scared for himself because he had been kidnapped, and he was scared for Emma because of all the weird stuff that was happening the with the stalkers on her house. Mm-hmm. He he was thinking that they were both. Someone was targeting both of them. Mm-hmm. Or that's what he was claiming. Right. So he tells his friend that he had taken, stole his grandfather's gun Mm -hmm. for protection. Yep. Um, This was the day before. Yeah. She was killed. So there was a lot going on in this four or five days. I know. Almost like a manic episode. Yeah. That's what it's it's given me that vibe. Yeah. Because he he was doing a lot. A lot. A lot of stuff was happening. So the night of the murder, so Sunday night, um, he was at his, he claims, because, you know, the police are, they want to talk to the ex-boyfriend of the girl who passed away. Um, He claims he was at his dorm room. He went to his grandparents' house and he went back to his dorm room and that's all he did. Mm He Because he was scared yeah like yeah. he went to his grandparents house for at the lunch or dinner or something got the gun and then just went to his dorm mm-hmm. to like kind of hide yeah pretty much and it's weird because in his first police interview he never utters her name he never says no. the word emma he says the girl says the girl he refers to her as the her, girl the yeah whole yeah like for people that have been on and off dating in a serious, kind of tumultuous, but still two-year relationship, and she's just been killed. Mm-hmm. He, I think that he was, talked about her like she was a stranger. I feel like that was like either guilt eating at him that he could not say right her name, or, or like he wanted it. It, it would just like they weren't that serious or something. Maybe, or if he said her name, he would just break down and lose it yeah. for real, for real. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right on that. Which um, is so weird. I will say too that part of the th- part of what happened on Saturday, like when um, when he goes to his grandparents' house, gets the gun, goes to his, says he goes to his dorm and just goes to sleep. That he was also aggressively trying to get back together with her Mm -hmm. and she was saying no 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 over and over and over again and he's like super upset and that's when he goes to his grandparents house Uh so those couple days too he was actively trying Trying to get her back yeah he he even went as far because she was over it she was over it and blocked his number mm-hmm. he even got his like friend's phone and was like calling her and begging her mm-hmm. and she had to block that number too it was just crazy just just not that's how good behavior <laughs> no really deja vu like i would 
wake up and have like 30 missed calls, 20 text messages. It's nuts. That should never. It's not normal. It's not normal. And I think, you know, I get it. Like teenagers have like crazy hormones and I've done yeah, some crazy things as yes, a teenager. but not like that. But no, I like. And I, I guess I should go on the record here and say who the person I'm talking about, no one knows who this person is. So please don't say it's Ryan or this person. Oh, this, yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. None of that. Was, yeah. No, no one, no one Everyone's going to try and guess, though. They'll, they will not be They'll able never. To. No. Because it was so long ago before you. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. So back on track. Riley is being talked to by police. And so uh, Emma was killed on a su- Sunday night, Monday morning. And by Tuesday, Riley and his friends are going to hang out. And his friends, uh, Noah and Alex, they were also interviewed by police. And they said that Riley had asked some weird questions. Yeah, and I think Alex was the one he told. Police. Police. Or Riley told Alex that he had taken his grandfather's gun. So Alex was the friend that mentioned it mentioned it to police um they he did say you know he had been a little you know off the wire just trying to get back to her Mm -hmm. back with her kind of not i don't know things had seemed off it was also like and then noah the other kid Mm -hmm. he was the one who riley called when he had been kidnapped yeah and asked him randomly Hey, my roommate wants to know how to get fingerprints off a gun. Off a gun. Yeah, it's just like, stuff like that. And weird. I liked it. Noah said, they were like, well, what did you tell him? And he said, I told him, I have no idea. Don't ever ask me yeah. something like that again. Yeah. Like, that's weird. It is weird. Um, before they met with Riley and or Noah and Alex, though, the detectives, I feel like they they mentioned it so many times, like, how cold and emotionless Ryan uh, Riley was mm-hmm. like during questioning, like his answers were very vague and like almost to the tone of like, like the one detective that really was like the main one questioning him. He seemed like Riley was very smart and calculated and cold and just empty yeah just like like a shell of a person was not sad wasn't wasn't even like really cocky just that he was very smart and calculated Mm -hmm. and knew what to say what not to say how to say it Mm -hmm. um just very just not human. And I think his friends kind of knew that of Riley too because they told police on him and they kind of knew if we don't get this, justice will not be served in this Yes. Case. Like yeah. we have to or figure out. Or hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. We have got to figure out how we're going to do this. So Alex and Noah actually are huge in this case because they team up with police to 
uh, just talk to Riley and see, like, like you know, maybe they can find a murder weapon. Maybe yep. they can get something out of Riley that maybe the police couldn't. And Riley does deny, like, the detective brings up, um, so do you have a weapon? Do you have a gun? Blah, blah, blah. Riley denies everything. And he's like, what if I told you that someone told me that you showed them mm-hmm. a gun that you had taken from your grandfather? And Riley's like, who told you that? And I don't know why somebody would ever tell you that. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point, Noah and Alex realize, like, this is bad. and. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. And if not only if we don't stop it or figure this out or help, justice won't be served. But like he might hurt them Mm -hmm. because that I would be scared. Yeah. Especially if I'm the one that knew like you showed the gun to. Yeah. And I'm the one that told police about that. Yeah. And then all the other erratic, bizarre behavior and stuff like Mm -hmm. I would be terrified. Yeah, I probably wouldn't hang out with that friend, though. Mm -mm. No, but like you said, I'm good on these kids because. That takes a lot. It does. I'm thinking even now, if my best friend told me I murdered someone, I would be like zip lipped about it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like it would be very. I did not say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just Uh, very loyal when it comes to that stuff. I am, too. I'm no snitch. (laughs) But. At the same time, it's like, you know, I don't really, know if I could be loyal. And I know. Like After that, that yeah. yeah. I uh-uh. And I think that's kind of the position that Alex. I mean, being loyal is one thing, but being loyal to a fault. After a murder. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. We'll edit that out. <laughs> so, um, Tuesday after Emma's death. Um, the boys invite Riley over to play video games and the police are listening to this. They have a camera on like a key fob um, and they've talked about where to place it, you know, to get Riley on camera. And he says some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. I will say too, part of the reason um, that police knew and thought that, okay, we do need to have the, like, we need to work with these kids was not only because they were so forthcoming and honest, but, and willing, but after he was questioned, Riley started texting them like in a group message, basically saying like, Hey, you know, that gun that I told you about or showed you, I've got to get rid of it. Like, I didn't do this, but I've got to get rid of it so that I don't go to jail for something I didn't do. Mm -hmm. I have to get rid of this gun. I have to get rid of this gun. So not only did he lie about ever having the gun, now he's basically backtracking. Well, first he backtracked to his friends. Like, why would you tell them that I never had a gun? Blah, blah, blah. Then he starts texting them, like, guys, I got to get rid of this gun. Yeah. I got to get rid of this gun. And so they are clearly telling detectives all of this stuff that he's telling them. So then they set up, like, basically a sting yeah. operation. Yeah. Which is, I'm like, they're kids. I know. And they pulled this off. Yeah, they did. <sighs> they get him talking about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and at it, first he's, like, not trust. He's, like. Yeah, he's, he's like, like denying everything again and and trying to like guilt them because he's like 
I'm trusting you with my life. This could be 70 years. Yeah. For something I did not I didn't do. do. This. Yeah. Keep, he just keeps on and on. Um, <sighs> and then he goes, are you guys busy right now? And can you take me to go get? Yeah. The he said, like, I think, was it, can't, let's go get the, or I think first he says, can y'all help me hide this gun? Like, I want to take it and um, throw it into the water off the bluffs, uh-huh. which was like an area where kids partied and stuff, um, like had bonfires or whatever. Yeah. But then, and they're like, obviously, like, yeah, you know, we'll help you. But then they, he doesn't even have the gun on him. Yeah. So they have to, they're in the car. They realize they have to make a pit stop at his stepdad's house mm-hmm. to get the gun. Mm-hmm. He comes out with this the trash whole bag, bag of stuff. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. It's not even just a weapon. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole bag of stuff. Yeah, there's like a box of trash bags and tennis shoes and black clothing and gloves and the gun, the gun, yep. and just all this stuff in this bag. They make a pit stop at like a to get fast food. food restaurant. I think they're at this point though. They're trying to like act normal. They're yeah. playing music. Yeah, they're trying, trying to jokes. stay super low key, like mm-hmm. casual. And all the while texting police, like yes. in a group message. I cannot believe they did that. I would have been know. scared out of my mind Same. that he would have. And at this point, he's not even like they haven't seen the gun yet. I know he won't show them. Like they're. Here and there, bits and pieces. Not obviously, they they did a really good job because he didn't really pick up on anything. But they're like, "Let us see it." Like before mm-hmm. we toss it, let us see the gun. Like they're playing him like a fiddle, mm-hmm. and he has no idea that this entire thing is a setup. Like those kids did such a good job. Mm-hmm. They should go into police work. Oh, for real, detective like, work, private investigator, <clears throat> yes. undercover, all the things. Because they were really they, good. I bet they were about to shit their pants the whole time. I would have I don't been. know why I whispered that like they can't <laughs> But like for real, like I w- sweating. Especially <laughs> once he got the gun. Like Yeah, and he's sitting in the back seat with it. Heck yeah. no. Yeah. No. Oh my god. I'm stressed out. I know. About it. I know. Oh my gosh. So stressed out. So they get to the bluff and um, Noah and Riley send the code word to police. And they said they sat there for a few minutes and just kind of waited and just. Yeah. Because at this point, they actually, he showed it to yeah, them. Yeah. They showed it. He, that was their cue. Like, yeah. If when you, you see, the, see gun, the gun, send this word and yep, we'll and come. They sent it. it was like five minutes. I know. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. No, that's when the sweating starts. Because then they have to, like, they have to, like, like sidetrack to, like, not let him toss it in the yeah, water. Yeah. Heck no. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, these kids actually made this case happen. Yeah, they did. They like, absolutely they, did. They, not single-handedly, but, like, 90% them. If it wasn't for them, I don't. No. Yeah. I don't think. I, maybe, but I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Because that think evidence, got rid of it. Yep. And that evidence is what did it. Mm-hmm. Because everything else is kind of circumstantial. Yep. Yeah. And nothing that could be linked to him directly. So, uh, police, obviously, they descend on the car, and he is freaking out. Losing his mind. Cussing, and um, the boys are kind of playing along with it, like, oh my gosh, I don't know what was happening. We you know? didn't have anything to do with this. Yeah. Like, what are y'all here for? Mm-hmm. Obviously playing along. But. Yeah. 
oh my god I bet they were like oh a breath of fresh air like I've never been so excited to see blue lights in my life yes yeah but then it would be so scary because what if you just like lost it I was thinking I was thinking he I I'm shocked he didn't shoot himself at that point I am too I am am shocked I think in some bizarre way which we've we've come across a lot of bizarre things with other all the cases we've covered but I think in some wild way like he had tricked himself into thinking he didn't do this yeah like he had he was believing his own bullcrap yeah like it had become facts Facts in his his, mind yeah I could see that which is with mental health issues that that can easily happen you make yourself believe something because the alternative is just too bad too bad Mm -hmm. yeah especially if you do have something like bipolar or schizophrenia because you don't really know yourself mm-hmm. or you're most definitely not in control of yourself so it's it's like oh i'm back and that's not me i did not do that mm-hmm. oh, i think man. it'd be easy to to do that yes believe whatever whatever lies you're telling yourself. yeah whatever lies you're telling yourself just yeah. to get you through it definitely mental health is no joke, joke. We should say that every episode. Mental health is no joke. It is no joke. So um, he's obviously taken to jail. And a few years later, he is finally in court for this trial. And I thought this was really interesting because his defense lawyer, his opening statement was, find Mr. Gall guilty of reckless homicide. He admits that he fired the gun to scare her, but not to kill her. And this was the first time he had ever admitted anything. Ever. Yeah. Why did they not? Why did they use it as a defense, which in my opinion is a joke? Yes. Instead of trying to plead. Insanity. Or, or mental health. Or plead guilty based on, the, like, plead guilty to, like, um, second degree murder. You yeah. Know, or third degree. Really second degree murder. Um. Or third-degree murder. Yeah. If that's what they're claiming happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, reckless he did not mean homicide. to kill her. Or plead guilty to reckless homicide. And then a couple other charges. Mm-hmm. Like, why did, they, why did they think that using that as a defense would sway them? I don't know. Because, also, I guess if it's a murder charge, then you can drop it down to something like that. But... Like, you can't find them guilty not of murder, but of reckless homicide. But still, I just, I thought that was not a good move. move. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I'm mad about it because it mm-hmm. worked out the way it should. But yeah. I don't, I didn't think that was very smart. Yeah. The trial only took one week and he was obviously found guilty. Yeah. I think one of the the most cold, disturbing things that I heard besides when he was being questioned by detectives after she was killed was when his sentencing happened and he read his letter mm-hmm. and he is telling her family. I mean, he is talking directly to them saying, I only shot multiple times to scare her thinking like she would call me to come help her. I would be so offended mm-hmm. 
if that's what you had to say to me after you killed my child, Mm -hmm. that's like you're still making excuses. And just no emotion in his voice. At all. At all. No emotion whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But also like you're still talking out of the side of your mouth. Like just say if you are still claiming to be innocent, just say I fucked up. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. This was a terrible mistake. And you're the ones paying for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. Like, why are we still talking about that other stuff? Mm -hmm. That's obviously not true. Yeah. Oh, I would be so offended. Yeah. When her dad says, is there anything you want to say to him? He's like, I don't think there's anything I could say on camera. Said, but I'd like to tell him what Mm -hmm. I have to say one day. I'm like, damn right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I was so offended by that. I felt like it was so, he's still being, just being a selfish little shit. Yeah. Like, evil. Just mm-hmm. no concern for anyone but himself ever. Yeah. And I saw, I showed you pictures of him a couple of years later. He has had a total transformation. A I different don't know. person. Looks like he put on a ton of weight. Just. I don't even think he looks like He himself. does not look like the same. Like, I, I want a DNA sample. I know. He does not. It's not the same person. I know. Might have a conspiracy does. going on here. Mm. He is not. That is not the same person. You can't tell me. I don't know. Maybe it was the drugs and alcohol. Like, maybe kept him once thin. he got, like, in prison, like, maybe the drugs and alcohol suppress his appetite and working out for football and stuff like that mm-hmm. maybe that's why it kept him slim mm-hmm. slender whatever you want to call it fit maybe he's doing steroids maybe i don't know but different person yeah even that his face his eyes nothing yes the same. it's so weird it i've never very, and it looks like he grew a foot maybe it's just the weight he put on it just makes him look so much bigger yeah, and maybe just seeing him in person versus like pictures. Mm-hmm. Either way is strange. I would you couldn't have put pictures or shown me that and mm-hmm. asked like if you said is that the same person? I would have been like, Absolutely obviously not. not. There's no way. Yeah, in just two years, no. And we'll post those pictures on Instagram so yeah, people can see it because it's just not crazy. It's, it's bizarre how different he looks. Um. So we've been through the victim, the perp, the timeline and story, and all of the facts and evidence. And now the lighter part is the foundations. And um, every year uh, there's been a foundation put in Emma's name. Yeah, it's the Emma Walker Memorial Scholarship Fund. And basically it's a scholarship fund set up to give to students that go to the high school that she attended so central high school Mm -hmm. and any students that are looking to go move on to college at the university of tennessee at knoxville so i feel like that's a really cool thing we'll put links to that in um on our social media and stuff too because Emma wanted to be a NICU nurse, the Children's Hospital dedicated a room in her honor. And to her family, um, obviously she was such a special girl. 
just a pretty person inside and out. Yeah. I feel like anyone that knew her was super lucky to know her. And um, to Noah and Alex, you guys are freaking rock stars. Oh, my gosh. If y'all hear this or see this, like. Wow. Hats what off. a thing to do. Like, yeah. Super selfless, stand up, stand out acts that I can't imagine how scary would have been for you guys, but good for you. I hope good karma comes your way forever. Um, and to Emma's family, just keep remembering her the way that she was and not by what happened to her. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Man, why we're not gonna sleep tonight again? What do you? What's your final thoughts? I just gotta give it to her parents because, like, I feel like they did everything that they could, and they're still doing things mm -hmm. after the fact. Twenty twenty mm -hmm. did a piece on them, and I just love the fact that they're like. Just trying to prevent this from happening to, to other people's else. daughters. Yeah, and it's just highlighting the red flags that yeah. have, have, you know, been shown in this case. And, you know, just be prepared. Like, teenagers, crazy stuff happens. Yeah. And, I mean, for anyone that might be in any sort, no matter what age, any sort of relationship, mm -hmm. there's a difference in a dramatic relationship and a toxic relationship that's like, yeah, we're just not like I behave differently because of how I feel about this person or because of how this relationship is. Mm -hmm. And this person behaves differently because of this relationship too. We need to go our separate ways and wish each other well and just end it. But there is never a reason or like it's never okay for someone to consistently put themselves in your space and especially a safe space like at your house at your work at your mm -hmm. school there is never a reason for someone to continuously do things like that when they know that they are not welcome to they know they're not supposed to they know that you do not want them there yeah it's not okay no one should be calling you 30 times a day, texting you 30 times a day. No one should be telling you what to wear except mm. for your parents. Yeah. And still that sucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but like mm. red flags, I guess, yeah. like the small ones lead to bigger ones. It's just not worth it. It's, it's not, not worth it. It's not okay. And also it's not okay for you to treat them the same way just because they're doing it to you. Mm -hmm. Like just, just walk away, even though it's hard. Like this is a prime example of why red flags are meant to be noticed yeah, and taken seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't mean that you have to like hate each other and be hateful. Like you can be like, Hey, what's up? We're cool. It's nobody else's business. Just get out. Mm -hmm. Just get out of it. Cause I mean, this could happen to anyone. Like, it can. Oh, I know. So stressful. I know. Okay, let's go get a drink. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Thanks, guys. Thank um, you for listening again. If you have 
good constructive criticism, feel free to leave it in the comments. We love hearing it. If you're an asshole, please don't. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs>